0: hello 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 and welcome to the new normal it's me deborah francis white and this is the instagram live daily show from the guilty feminist about life and feminism in lockdown today our guest is the amazing jude kelly from the women of the world festival so i'll wait till a few more people get on before i invite her on and in the meantime i'll tell you all about our t-shirts so every day, lovely Hannah from the merch store chooses uh, a phrase or a catchphrase, something's funny that the guest has said and uh, prints a t-shirt design. Those t-shirts are then only made on demand, so there's no waste and uh, getting more ecologically friendly, so- local and sustainable every single day. And uh, then they, we can send them out to you and all of the full profit either goes to the guest who said it, who's usually a gigging comedian who's got no gigs at the moment, or uh, if it's a comedian or performer or activist or somebody who has some other kind of income, they donate it to another performer who is usually entirely dependent on gigs to pay their rent. Uh, so we've had quite a few fun slogans so far. My one of my favorites is Alison Spittles: um, "I won't catch Corona for a flake." Uh, Bleak Sterical, Susie McComber's one uh, that's done very very well. As has Ellen Jones's. Uh, I think is is that was it Ellen Jones who said. Uh, everything's fine oh no it's emma it's emma vogelman uh, everything's fine with maggie smith um or any, everything's possible with maggie smith something like that um ellen Jones is big gay mess that's also sold very well so check those out guiltyfeminist.com go to merch then go to stay at home shirts okay there's a few people on so let's get jude kelly from the wow festival on let's see i don't think we can add jude here Waiting for Jude. So maybe we have heard of her. To turn. Let's hope. It's usually more efficient than this. It's usually more efficient and usually more charming. I haven't had more much sleep. So I feel Baby. like my, my banter my, my busking banter. Hello, Jude! Hello just explaining that my busking banter isn't very good because I didn't have much sleep last night because I was up writing a script. <gasps> Normally it's absolutely on point. Bless you, Tom. But please don't well, sneeze. I'm on television.
1: You don't really need a better excuse, do you, than I'm up all <coughs> that script. I mean it's
0: it's i was up i went to sleep at hoppers one set my alarm for hoppers two set my alarm for hoppers four and then wrote till seven then went back to sleep till nine and got up for, at nine for my my zoom dance class my zoom one-on-one dance class dude this well, is
1: how i live now this is my new normal <laughs> well i'm really really glad as you can see I, i'm i'm but well you probably can't all see but i'm actually trying to point it out the window because you can maybe see the sea can you see the sea wow I can where are you okay so I am in Hearn Bay and I'm just going to show your listeners stroke viewers the beach huts can you see the beach huts? oh uh, yes okay so it's hi that... Simon yeah so that's that's where I am and um you know it's not a, a, a somebody rushing to their second home it's uh, actually me escaping my son Uh, And sadly, my granddaughter as well, uh, with my partner, because um, we needed to find somewhere that um, wasn't going to... Well, we weren't going to be all mutually infectious. Oh, I um, see.
0: Oh, I see. Well, you've made a good call there, looking out at the ocean. I was saying to somebody today, as awful as this is, and it really is awful, and it's cost so many lives, and it's, you know, working for the health centre, working for the health service, it must be just terrifying and dreadful and deadly. There is a way in which it's sort of... The, the, the silver lining which we human beings must look for is that it has forced us into a sort of stop and look at where we are and look, at, look in the mirror. Um, mm-hmm. How are you finding it,
1: Jude? How, first, my first question is always, how the hell are you? Okay, so are, you know, me, personally? How, Jude, how are you? I'm good. I haven't had any mortalities. Uh, my partner, I think he might, might have got it in January and didn't really realize he had it, probably. Um, I'm actually finding it, first of all, wonderful to spend time and not be traveling and not be rushing around. And secondly, wow, the Women of the World Festival, we're doing so many things, which I'll tell you about later. So it's like I'm on fire with excitement because actually there's such a lot to do and such a lot we can do. But then if I look outside that bubble and I look mm-hmm. at the kind of economic debris that's to come and I look at all the stories, you know, right across the world, then I'm, I'm sort of fearful. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a combination of elated and fearful. On and, fire with excitement. You're the first person to have said that. Is that because the next women of the world, when we are post lockdown, is going to be so good? It's because during lockdown, we're going to do something absolutely amazing. Uh, so if you want me to launch in, I'll tell you about that. Um, yeah, I mean, launch away, do okay. Launch away. Okay, so as soon as we went into lockdown, what happened was we did the, the amazing Moon of the World Festival in London and you were a huge part of it and it was amazing, as you know. Which uh, just came that- out today, noon
0: today. It's me and Susie Bacoma, a little bit from Bridget Christie that she did on the night. She did do more on the night. And then our guest is Sean Clifford who played Claire and Fleabag and uh, was also the leading quiz and uh then we had joy crooks doing the music and you can listen to that it just dropped at noon today it was phenomenal at the royal festival hall packed out absolutely amazing one of the last shows we did and i was just saying i hope we get to do our 200 that was our 200 was, i hope we get to do our 250 at the women of the world so that was so exciting fabulous All right.
1: On tell that us weekend, now
0: what are you doing now
1: so we are doing two things in two weeks uh, uh, the weekend after next we're taking over bbc online uh, under culture and quarantine and we're doing a whole weekend of wow festival things wow so that that in itself is really exciting from sort of warm-ups with sports women through to um, how to cut your hair um, <laughs> through conversations obviously conversations about the kind of impact of covid on all kinds of things in a very serious manner um, so it'll be the usual mix of you know frivolity seriousness and activism wow but I mean, as if that wasn't uh, uh, joyful enough, which it very is, so much is. um, We have decided that four weeks after that, we're doing our first global wow. It's a 24-hour marathon. We're going to go all time zones. Coming back to the beginning again, we're going to look at six huge themes. um, uh, When is this? This is the second week of June. Wow. That sounds incredible. Some of us will still be locked down. Some of the countries will have emerged. Some of the countries will still be going back into lockdown. But we're going to go from everywhere, from, you know, from Russia to Ghana, from South Africa to Botswana. Ah. We're going absolutely right across the world. And we're going to, over 24 hours, listen in to girls and women telling us what is the impact that COVID is having on, on issues that they were already struggling with, whether it be education, health, violence, uh, climate, etc., um, and then we're going to look at well, what strategies have we got for emerging better, stronger, and more uh, united, and what are the jeopardies to that happening? Um, so uh-huh. we're still going to inform it with music, with pop up uh, weightlifting, with you know, with all the things that Wow's are, which are fun and powerful and interesting. But you know, we have to take a very candid and tough look at the uh-huh. world because it's it's there's no evidence, Deborah, that. Um, It's a good story when you are in a kind of pandemic, you know, or a war. I mean, some things are better for women. In fact, actually, last night we watched this great um, uh, documentary about women, Spitfire, um, you know, flyers during the Second World War. And we know that women do do amazing things in emergencies, mm-hmm. but, they, but, but emergencies tend to send women backwards rather than forwards. So we have to do a lot to try to make sure that doesn't happen. So, you know, WOW is now working out how, how it does this 24-hour marathon, completely uh, live, virtual, but going to every single country as well and making sure that they sort of moderate it from their own regional stories. We've never done anything like that before. Um, wow. So we're newbies and well, tech- necessity is very much
0: the mother of invention and Absolutely. invention is what we need right now.
1: Yeah, so, so that's why we're on fire as a wow team because it's like, oh my God, who knew what Zoom was six weeks ago? Who knew what, you know, what all these different platforms were? But we just have to wise up really, really quickly. So listening out there, anybody or watching, um, please come and join us uh, in two weeks time on the BBC. But please sign up and we 'll we'll let you know soon enough how to do that for our Wow virtual around the world so that 's that's that kind of news How, how am i i 'm a hell of a lot busier than I thought I would be when I first came down with my bucket and spade here
0: I bet I bet you are I bet you are um, and are you able to do these events in a way that, uh, that because Wow is presumably like profitable for all the, well it is profitable for all the artists because I know I get paid if I do Wow. Is this, cause this is such a new time for the arts. And a yeah. lot of artists are worried that, like, w- like I don't know, like, I think the post lockdown world will be different from the post vaccine world. So there might be, um, you know, in a month's time, the government say, oh, you can go and meet people in a- an office and, you know, we'll stagger people going on the tube at different times of the day and that kind of thing. But that's not to say they're gonna say you can assemble an audience. and certainly not the size of audience that we had at Women of the World, which was I think 2000 seats or something more, more. Um, but I mean, we might be able to be in smaller theaters. How are you? How are you making? What we, I mean, we don't know when. How are you making that financially viable? Because I think the other thing right now is also, if I do do a show, I feel I have it has to be for charity. So um, there is a sort of which I mean, there's nobody telling me it has to be, but I just see a lot of artists are doing things either for free or for charity. How are you feeling as someone who runs big events that are? no no way exploitative or you know they're, they're there as a service and you know people come along and they really enjoy them and the artists get paid and you know it's not like you know ridiculous amounts of money are changing hands but there is that normal back and forth going yeah. on there. how are you handling that now
1: okay it's a really good question so the first thing is obviously you know two years ago when i left half bank center i set up the wow foundations a charity and so right. we're in the same of, you know, just raising money, hoping we can make ends meet. We have a tiny team of eight. Um, and we, when we finished the, first, the last live event, which was at the, the South Bank Center, all the other wows around the world, Taiwan, visits to Jordan, uh, Taiwan, uh, Baltimore, Australia, um, they all stopped. So that None of them could do live events. So, you know, in response to that, we're, we're, we, we basically said, okay, let's pool whatever resources we've got and let's make this wow virtual something we do for the sake of other women. And I, I can't pretend that, you know, we have like tons of money coming in. That's, that's not how we're doing it. We're doing it as a, as a gesture because as mm-hmm. women we find solidarity. We've got a small amount of money. Bloomberg came to the table. We said to them, would you give us some money to do this? And they've given us some. And now we're on the hunt for more for more money, we have to spend whatever reserves we've got to make it happen. But we will still pay, still pay artists because I think the key, or you know, or contributors because I think the key thing is that there are so many girls and women who, well, women who are freelancers, women whose businesses are cut to the bone anyway. And let's face mm-hmm. it, you know, women in any industry they, they're they're fairly new into the, these industries usually anyway because of the you know the, the tradition. And I'm absolutely determined to make women who tend to feel that that we ought to give everything for free because we we feel guilty. Um, I I want women to think, I have a worth, it's still a worth, and I've got to find a way of of surviving this with financial resilience. Mm -hmm. So I've been holding um, some meetings, wow meetings, for basically for for women in the creative sector to come, we've got another one on Wednesday, to come and share and talk and think about how they can build financial resilience, not just emotional resilience. Mm it's, it's a really good
0: question because I, I also think on the feminism front that feminism is uh, a demand for more control, like uh, control over our bodies, control over our legislation, our representation. And at the moment, I feel like I've lost control over the basic things I had, like how many times a day I'm allowed to leave the house, whether or not I'm allowed to hug a friend. I've lost control over the most basic things. Some of some of them are privileges and some of them are, are, are human rights, like contact, skin on skin contact. I think, is a human right rather than a privilege because um, it's something that you see in nature. Um, it's, it's it's so important, skin-on-skin skin contact. I say as I touch my own face, but I've, I've <laughs> I, I haven't been outside nope. for two days, so I can't be giving myself nope. COVID. No, I can. I can't be giving myself COVID. It's only a problem if you've just been outside. Um, but uh, but So I feel like I've lost... It's not like... We, it feels like rather than fighting for more rights, we've, we've, we're losing the rights that we've got, of course with good reason, but it does make you feel a bit out of control. Um, and like, will, will we get those rights back? When will we get those rights back to like assemble a crowd, which is really important for activism to be able to, for example, say assemble a protest like in Poland and, and I think in other places, I think here it's gonna start kicking in, oh, let's slide in a bit of legislation while everyone's distracted, while people can't protest, can't, or can't come together in the streets to protest. How do you feel about that kind of thing? Because, you know, you're running this enormous event, which is about feminism and women and, and women's place in the world and control over what we have. And, and though all of the discussions that you see women of the world are in some way or another related to our place, how much room we can take up, how much space we can take up. How are you feeling about control right now? What we have, what we're losing, whether or not there's anything to be gained while this is going on? <laughs> Saying, but i was basically saying feminist, feminism is a request or a demand for control yes. and we've lost control over basic things at the moment how do you feel that women of the world is a, is a is if the whole thing is about what we control or how much space women get to take up the discussions we need to be having we're not having how are you feeling about control at the moment are you feeling safe in in term or are you feeling like this is an opportunity for better gender
1: balance okay i i feel unsafe i feel that um when I look at the conversations on television which, you know, on the radio, et cetera, et cetera, I don't see gender being discussed at all, except on occasionally on violence. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, about 70% of the staff of caring staff are women. A mm-hmm. uh, lot of them are BME. So, you know, there are kind of multiple reasons for women to feel at risk. And yet it isn't, it isn't talked about as a gendered issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the economics that we're about to face in terms of, you know, redundancies, uh, freelance jobs, um, part-time jobs. I think it will have a devastating effect on women. And even if it's men who are going to lose their jobs, I think the impact on the family will be huge in terms of the strain on women. And I just don't feel, with very few exceptions, that there are country leadership, uh, government leadership, where people are really saying, look, we've been trying to get equality for all the reasons we've been talking about for a long time. Here's an opportunity to really examine everything and leap forward. I think it's going to... You know the conversation is reverting to kind of scramble back together again, in in mm-hmm. ways that you know that, that um, people know, and I, and I, I that's really why the the you know the 24 hour marathon is an attempt to muster thinkers all around the world who are not only women obviously there are men who believe this too and go please let's not make this a moment where all our rights slip back. Please let this be a moment where women can feel safer and more secure. But to do that, they have to be at the, all the tables that are doing the future planning. They have to be at those tables.
0: Well, I was reading another article today about how countries that are run by women with female leaders are doing better in COVID and they're seen to having, be having more compassionate leadership. And I've been observing yes. that some men have been, some men who are world leaders, state leaders or country leaders, have been adopting what, what would be seen as a more traditional female leadership style. Mm-hmm. So Cuomo in New York is normally this big tough guy, but he's been doing a much more compassionate Jacinda Ardern take. I'm not saying Cuomo is Jacinda Ardern, do not write in, but it's just a sort of angle or an attitude that's shifting. Is it possible that we are going to see because of this global pandemic and the emotional nature of it, um, a shift towards a more balanced sort of leadership and more desire for more female leaders and and or a more uh, traditionally female leadership style uh, without wanting to be binary, um, uh, (laughs) you know, are people going to start nicking stuff out of Jacinda Ardern's compassionate playbook?
1: I hope so. I mean, I think that the the key thing here is that, I mean, Angela Merkel has been exemplary, as she always is, as she always tends to be, massively uh, kind of um, involving all different kinds of people uh, initially to to get consultation, really thoughtful, very communicative, et cetera, and kind of quite low key. Um, I, I don't think it's so much as like, they haven't got to be a woman, but I think they have to take this idea of collective leadership, consensual leadership. I mean, the, the countries that are going to fare the worst are the machos. You know, mm-hmm. the people who are really trying to be macho about this. I mean, Russia's looking like it's going to, to head into a, a disaster. Um, obviously, you know, trump is ridiculous um the kind of the, the I'll, I'll fight this virus with my own two fists if necessary mm. that attitude, i think does make people look ridiculous and i think that it's quite and it's possible. just not helpful it's
0: just not it's not helpful you know if no. you've had someone die but even this sort of like someone fought and won as said okay so someone else fought and lost like it's it's a virus it's not it's not really Interested in how you fight or how you politically fight or how you—it's—it's it's a virus. I mean, um,
1: the thing that's happened is that you know, if you th- imagine now all of those people going to Davos, just let us imagine mm-hmm. Davos for a moment. You know, people flying in in their aeroplanes and their helicopters, and mainly men, and all talking about how they're going to solve the world's problems. That looks ridiculous now because that—that mm-hmm. that sort of, if the, if all of these people were so brilliant why didn't they prepare for this pandemic differently? Because the pandemic has been there as a, as a really viable reality for many years. And very recently, we've mm-hmm. written reports about all of these things. So, you know, what this has done is it has exacerbated and exposed all the inequalities that were already there. And I think the question is, you know, do we care enough to close up those inequalities in a systemic way? Or are we just going to kind of hope that we can sort of bury them in some way? And I I mean, obviously, all women have got to step up to the mark. You know, they can't be occasional feminists or sometimes I'm a feminist. You know, I'm fine for us all being guilty. That goes for Mm -hmm. the territory. But we've actually got to really be courageous enough to say we want women to be at the table making the decisions along with men. And they've got to be decisions that put women's stories central to mm-hmm. the reclaiming the economy, to reclaiming health, to starting education again, etc. Mm-hmm. And it, it can't be a nice to have.
0: And when you, certainly when you look at the amount of, um, I think over half the doctors in this country now are women, uh, the, uh, and, and almost all the nurses are women, almost all the carers are women. You look at all of those frontline jobs. lot of you go into a supermarket, loads of women. You go to Boots, loads of women. And so all of these people who aren't being given the right PPE,
1: um, it doesn't fit them anyway.
0: By the way, that, yes, that, that apparently they've, they've not been given the right PPE for, for uh, that. Often it doesn't fit women. I was reading about that as well. Um, but just the fact there isn't, enough, like, if it was, a, if it were our politicians that were that were more exposed to the virus and more likely to get a viral load, do you honestly think they wouldn't ship in? The most platinum top standard PPE that they could. They would get it from somewhere. They would be having factories working overnight. They would get PPE. But it's like, oh, it's the doctors, the nurses, or we can't, we don't know where to get it from, we don't have enough. Oh, sorry. I
1: I think it'll be interesting to see if talking about emotion, the emotion that Boris Johnson brings to this, having both apparently nearly died and also having a baby within kind of three weeks. My experience of both having a baby and also having a partner who nearly died, is that it leaves you very liquid mm. and very suddenly empathetic to the world. And you want the world to be more loving and because you feel, you know, that you've been given gifts of life. I, I, would, so, agree,
0: I would agree with that for many people, but Boris already has about 108 babies and it hadn't, hasn't worked on any of those. He's got I'm, a lot of babies and he's not I'm actually I'm, sure I'm, when I'm, questioned. I'm, I'm, how many he has? He's one of those guys that say, "I, I, I think I've, I've got five kids, as far as I know." <laughs> well, I mean, it, when's I'm, it going to kick in? This compassion.
1: All I'm saying is, you know, ever hopeful, live in hope, traveling. I hope. mean,
0: we do live in hope, and I think maybe getting COVID because he shook hands with everyone in the COVID ward. <laughs> it's not what you're hoping for from your leaders, but uh, it, 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 I'm hoping getting COVID. I'm hoping relying on the NHS but i feel these guys relied on the nhs before you know there are, there are so many conservatives who conservative leaders who've relied on the nhs or whose family uh, were refugees or and it does not seem to transfer here it, 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 it's yeah. still it seems to still stay here and it feels like it's it's they have a quite a pull the ladder up jack attitude so i i'm really hoping that and what I'm hoping is I'm not really hoping that Boris Johnson turns into a compassionate person. I think it's too much for hope for. What I'm hoping is he will read the mood of the nation. He will see that people are coming out to clap and he'll go. If we don't invest in the NHS, we're toast. So we need okay. to redirect those funds. That's my that my I, hope I, I, is that six, uh, my best hope is for something mercenary on his part. Vote okay, and, and hungry uh, mercenary.
1: Th- that would be a starting point. But, of course, you know, if everybody goes to support the NHS and they're still being paid uh, low wages, if everybody supports care home workers and they're still being paid low wages. I mean, part of the problem is we just haven't cared about carers. We don't oh, care completely. about... completely. We don't completely. carers. And, and, and I, I just kind of reiterate over again that, I mean, yes, I could ask for Boris Johnson to be more empathetic, but more important would be to have more women at more decision spaces uh, making the decisions that will help women in the future. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I worry, you, you know, you, this question came out of, do I feel more or less in control? Um, mm-hmm. I want women to have more control. I want them to have more financial control so they can take better you know, decisions for our economy. I want them to have more control over the health system, not just by being doctors, but by mm-hmm. being decision makers about how money gets spent, et So you So know, that mission, more control, <laughs> it is And really, we need really... a greater
0: gender balance. One, one or two women, it doesn't, it doesn't do it because then you get pretty Patel who it plays more in that old school masculine pull it out jack space than any, any man I've ever seen virtually. Um, it is, it's, it's not about individual women. It's about a much bigger gender balance shift uh, for representation, for fairness, for equality, for a balance in values, for the societal ways that women have been raised to be empathetic or there's so many different factors at play, but it's oh, also there are other intersections there's class there's race there's all sorts of things if you get the whole cabinet is privately educated incredibly wealthy men and women it's not going to shift the way we wanted to shift
1: no and i'll tell you another thing though that i'm sure some of your listeners if not many are our are, um, viewers i know they are from the audience and um men have to step up and take this argument on too you know feminism and gender equality isn't a woman's issue. I'm really sick of you know every time we talk about domestic violence going up, it's women being talked about who mm-hmm. need to care about it. So I mean, you know, can we have some more guilty feminist men saying, "I'll raise it in my workplace. I'll raise it in my pub if I ever mm-hmm. get back inside a pub, but I'll raise it in cabinets." It, it's not up to Priti Patel to be a feminist. It's luckily, up to, thank God
0: thank god we're not leaving the whole of feminism in the hands of Pretty patel jesus christ simon is waving there simon is a man who is definitely advocating for women i think i know that because he's a friend of mine not just because he's waved on an instagram i'm not like, i'm not rush, jump, jumping to those conclusions but i think i, I think um, and by the way when i said I, I don't mean if you are privately educated and wealthy you cannot be compassionate and you cannot be i just mean if there's only one sort of person there's plenty of privately educated wealthy people who are compassionate but it's just any one group of homogenized people running anything is a problem because it doesn't represent the population any any (laughs) homogenized group any homogenized group if you're running a tweed jacket shop by all means staff it only with men who run who wear tweed jackets uh if that's your only audience but if you're running a country and you're wanting to educate if you're wanting to represent a variety of people in terms of gender you have to represent those people in, in parliament um so before i lose you again i'm going to ask yeah. you how can we help what piece of feminism can we do for you Hi. uh what kind of uh, what kind of activism can we do or attention drawing can we do to women of the world uh firstly can you make or can women of the world global make a story that we can share acting the guilty feminist so we can tell everybody and they can all look on our stories after this. But is there anything else you can tell us now that you would like us to actually act on?
1: Yeah, stories from your regions, all of you who are listening, just give us information of stories that we need to follow up and we will make sure. And also, we're going to do a thinking, we're going to do thinkings. So if you want to do a Ooh. guilty feminist thinking with all listeners and viewers, then let's do a thinking before yes. the virtual festival happens here on behalf of all the WOW team, all, all the things you want to, to sure get re- revealed. Yep.
0: Great. Okay. Um, I know there's things, there's uh, there's yep. uh, recent episodes we've done with people working with refugees and women, of course, are uh, predominantly marginalised and oppressed in those situations. I'm doing something with the LGBT uh, NHS network. Um, so there are all sorts of interesting things that we might be able to uh, uh, Think about or put your way, or and do do a combined event with, um, so that would be great. So how do they get in touch with you, um, or how do they get in touch with us about the thinking? Like, what what's the procedure for that?
1: They can follow us, yeah, um, and then we can also they can email info at the Wow Foundation. Oh, great! Um, and can, info at the Wow Foundation we'll dot com, com.
0: Oh, so if you have a story and you're thinking .com. Oh, I don't want to forget this. Email info at the wow foundation um, wow for women of the world at the wow com. foundation.com and then look out on our stories uh for think for thinkings and uh other ideas where you oh there's someone saying hello at the wow foundation.com hello at the wow foundation people are saying so follow at wow global and email hello at the wow foundation.com jude kelly it's been absolutely brilliant having you we might have lost your sound again but it has been really, truly wonderful. I'm sure you'll get a great uh, Wow Global merch T-shirt uh, from the merch okay. store. And then uh, we can have those funds uh, go to Wow. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, us.
1: and Wow Global.
0: Great. Perfect. Yes. Hello. So you're, you're, that's what you're emailing. Hello at the wowfoundation.com. Um, and with any of your stories and look out for Guilty Feminist Wow Thinkins coming up. And uh, also on the wow website uh, where you will be able to see all of the dates of all these amazing online things coming up uh, and uh, ways to participate. Jude Kelly, it's been absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much. Uh, can I ask you one final question? What are you dying to do when you get out of lockdown? Anything you're dying to do? Yes. We can't hear you. Uh, you're holding up a scarf, go for a walk, putting on, a, putting on a, getting dressed up. She's miming getting dressed up and going out. Yay. Let's do that. Let's have some cocktails. Okay. Thank you so much. Hey, there she is. Thank you so much to Jude. Thanks to so much to Wow Global. And we will see you tomorrow here at the New Normal okay. at 6pm uh, interviewing a comedian whose name escapes me. Thank you very much, gang. Bye. <laughs>